Hi, we continue this in this next uh, study, a message on the Word of God, from the Word of God here, on the subject of the how much more Heavenly Father that we have in Heaven. Uh, those words from uh, Matthew chapter 7, from verse 7 down to verse 12, 13. If you then, being evil, now how to give good gifts to your children, how much more shall your Heavenly Father give the good gifts, or Luke tells us, uh, the Holy Spirit, to them that ask, or to them that love him. And we looked at the uh, the most precious gift that God could ever have given us in the person of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Saviour. We've looked at the most precious gift of, uh, uh, of the parenting of the Father, the most gracious, perfect Father parent ever. And then we looked at the Parakletos, the most precious gift Another one of those precious gifts, the Holy Spirit, the Helper, who comes alongside, draws alongside and helps us in everything, all of our weaknesses, temptations, trials, whatever else. And we want to pick up today and, and look at uh, the protection he's provided for us. One of those good gifts that I think sometimes we, we're not aware of all of, of the protection he's provided for us. And, or otherwise, uh, if we're not aware, we sometimes we may have known and then forgotten but the devil had, knows, knows these things, and I want to just remind you so that you can remind him. So in uh, John chapter 17, where we'll start this morning, Jesus prays this prayer. Uh, it's the prayer that, uh, what I call the Lord's Prayer, because that's the prayer he was praying. The other one that we call the Lord's Prayer really is the disciples' prayer, because they asked him, Lord, teach us how to pray. And he told the disciples how to pray. But anyway... Uh, just picking up uh, in a few of the verses here and there, if you pick up with me in verse 9, I'd love to have read a little more, but time doesn't allow me to. But Jesus is praying this, and he says this to the Father. He says, I pray for them. He's talking about the disciples, and that carries down right through to us, which you see towards the end of the chapter, he includes us in that. But he says in, in verse 9, I pray for them. I'm not praying for the world, but for those you have given me, for they are yours. All I have is yours, and all you have is mine, and glory has come to me through them. I will remain in the world no longer, but they are still in the world, and I'm coming to you, Holy Father. And so he says, Holy Father, protect them, protect them, protect them by the power of your name, the name you gave me, that's the name of Jesus, so that they may be one as we are one. While I was with them, I protected them <clears throat> and kept them safe. Protection. By that name you gave me. So the name of Jesus is so essential in our protection. We'll come back to that in a little while. None of them has been lost except the one doomed to destruction, so the scripture would be fulfilled. I'm coming to you now. But I say these things while I'm still in the world, so that they may have the full measure of my joy within them. I've given them your word, and the world has hated them, for they are not of the world any more than I am of the world. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I'm not of the world. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. For they, 
For them I sanctify myself, that they too may be truly sanctified. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that's us, that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are one, you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you've sent me. I've given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. And you know, unity is a bit, another one that I won't be able to really talk much about, but unity is such a protection that God has provided for us. Because he mentions protection, protection, but that they may be one, that they may be like us, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Verse 23 goes on and says, I in them and you in me, may they be brought to complete unity to let the world know that you sent me and have loved them even as I have, you have loved me. Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am and to see my glory, the glory you have given me because you loved me before the creation of the world. Righteous Father, though the world does not know you, I know you. And they know you, that you have sent me. I have made you known to them and will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them and that I myself may be in them. What an incredible, wonderful prayer that Jesus prayed for us. Now, let me just say, when we're talking about protection, that while God has promised and provided us with protection, He's never promised to make us immune from tests, trials, temptations, trouble, persecution, attacks, uh, problems, tribulation, misunderstandings, and so the list could go on. He's never promised that. In actual fact, he's actually said, if you want to live godly, you're going to have to endure some of these things. He that will live godly shall endure at persecution. Uh, that, that promised. And... Uh, while he hasn't promised to make us immune from these things, he has promised to protect us in them so that we can come through them victoriously. And if we fail, that he has still made provision for us to get up, shake off the dust, confess our sin and get on with it, walking in the protection he has promised us. And so he's promised to keep us safe and he's promised to keep us victorious. Remember, safety is not found in the absence of danger. Safety is not found in the absence of danger, but in the presence of God. I want to say that again. Safety is not found in the absence of danger, but safety is found in the presence of God. And so I want to just give you some of those protections that God has provided for us and promised us. Um, I'm going to give you uh, some of them. I'm sure there's more. I just want to highlight some that I felt the, uh, God highlight for me. And uh, I'm going to give you some scriptures. I'll read a few and I'll give you a few other scripture references that I hope you will have the, uh, the, the uh, desire in your heart to, to really understand the subject so well that you'll go and look for uh, these scriptures up for yourself. Now, if you'll turn with you, first of all, with me to Psalm 91. This is just one of those most amazing, amazing uh, psalms all about protection. And I want to read that psalm to you. Um, from um, well it's short enough for us to read the whole one it says this and then we'll touch some of the, the things and look at them in the new context of the New Testament as well but it says this he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High 
So there's a promise, but most of God's promises have conditions. So we're to dwell in the shelter of the Most High. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say, and so we need to confess, and so some of these things that I'm going to share with you, we need to be saying them back to God, saying them back to the devil, and even speaking them back to ourselves, standing on the Word of God. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I will trust. Surely He will save you from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with His feathers and under His wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. You will not fear the terror of night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. A thousand may fall by at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only observe with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. Wonderful. If you make the Most High your dwelling, even the Lord who is my refuge, then no harm will befall you, no disaster will come near your tent, for he will command his angels concerning you. So here is another one of those things. God has provided for our protection, angels. He will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They, the angels, will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. You will tread upon the lion and the cobra. You will trample the great lion and the serpent. Because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him, I will protect him, for he acknowledges my name. He will call upon me, and I will answer him. He will be with, I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. Now, while we know that's a messianic psalm, we are the seed of Christ in Christ and all those promises that are there in that psalm are available to us and, and spoken and promised to us and you'll see that through the rest of the Word of God. So the Word of God is our protection. To the degree we know the Word, to the degree we speak the Word, to the degree we stand upon the Word, we will be protected. But promises have conditions. So he says in that psalm, dwell in the shelter of the Most High, rest in the shadow of the Almighty, love Him, call upon Him, uh, verse 14, verse 15. But I'm going to give you a few more scripture references and ask you to look them up for yourself. Pray them into your spirit, pray them back to God and stand upon them when the devil attacks you. Psalm 46, verse 1 and 2 says, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in time of trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. In Psalm 32, verse 7, it says, You are my hiding place. You will protect me from trouble. Wonderful. Psalm 121, verses 1 through to 8. You read that for yourself. Wonderful promise in Isaiah chapter 54, verse 17. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. God will refute every tongue that rises up against us. This is the heritage of the saints and the vindication that comes from our God. You could look at Isaiah 50, 43, verses 1 and 2. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verses 3 to 5. I want to read this one to you. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 18. This is a word that God gave to me personally. He says, The Lord will rescue me from every evil attack. 
and give and will bring me safely to his heavenly kingdom. Have a look at Romans chapter 8 from verse 31 to 39. No weapon formed against us shall prosper. That, uh, that, that there's nothing can separate us from the love of God, I should say. 1 Corinthians 10, 13 promises us that he'll never allow us to be tempted above what we're able to endure. Uh, and this is another one, Psalm 138, verse 7. I, God spoke this word, a rhema word to me some time ago about my, for my life. He says that he gave me this, though I walk in the midst of trouble, you, God, preserve my life. The Lord will fulfill his purpose for me. Your love, O Lord, endures forever. Take Psalm 23. He prepares for us a table in the presence of our enemies. Psalm 34 verse 19, Psalm 40 verse 1, Psalm 57 verse 1. And I'll have to just move on from the, the word of God and the promises God gives with this one. John 10, if you read from verse 28 to 30, uh, in the midst of that, Jesus says, no man can pluck us out of his hand. We are safe by the promises of God. Then there's another thing that God has promised in his word for us. And that's called the hedge of protection. You remember that in Job chapter 1 verse 10 when Job was under such a, uh, was going to be attacked the way he was, that uh, the devil in the presence of God says to God, when God says, have you considered my servant Job, uh, that he, he's a good man, he, he doesn't want anything to do with evil, etc. The devil says, yeah, but you put a hedge of uh, protection around him. You remove that and you see what I do. And so, God removed, allowed that hedge to be removed. But the devil was aware that that hedge was there. And there's a hedge of protection around all of us. Satan's aware of that. So remember when you're under attack, there is a hedge and you remind the devil of it. There's a hedge there. And not only a hedge, but we move on quickly. There's a wall of, of fire. Zechariah chapter 2 verse 5 tells us that God says, to the city without walls, I will be a wall of fire and God will protect us. You know, walls speak of protection. They offer protection from all enemies. They keep the enemies out. The wall that God is, of fire that God has got around us cannot be scaled. Some walls can be scaled, but when it's fire, you can't climb up the fire. You can't get over the fire. And it's a wall of fire that protects us. Uh, no holes, no gaps. And fire speaks of God's presence as well. Do you remember the burning bush when uh, uh, Moses got his call? He saw this burning bush at the presence of God. God said, take off your sandals because the ground that you're standing on is holy. Mount Sinai, when the, uh, the law was given, the curses and the blessings, um, there was fire, the pillar of fire at night that protected them in Exodus chapter 13 verses 21 and 22 not only does fire protect in the sense of being a wall but it also consumes every invader every enemy and this promise says in Zechariah 2 5 that God's glory is in it moving on quickly we saw this in uh, in um, Psalm 91 but God's presence itself, it's not only that God provides these, his promises through, and his, through his word and uh, the, the hedge of protection and the wall of fire, 
but just the Holy Spirit's presence is protection. Isaiah 59 verse 19 says this, when the enemy shall come in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against him. The Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against him. Psalm 91 verse 1, he that dwells in the shelter of the Almighty, etc. Um, Psalm 23, you prepare a table for us in the presence of your enemies. Matthew 33 verse 27 says this, The eternal God is your refuge and underneath are the everlasting arms. So the presence of God, there's so much more, but I just want to remind these things to you so that in your love for God and your praise and your prayer and your preparation and your preaching and your pastoring and whatever else you're doing, there'll be so much, your heart will be filled with gratitude for how much more Heavenly Father. And then we have the name of Jesus that Jesus referred to over and over again when we were reading John 17. Uh, using the name of Jesus is the equivalent of the Lord himself being there. When he says, in my name, it's like I'm there. Live in it and on the basis of Christ's authority. Use his name. He said in Mark 16, 17, in my name, they shall drive out demons they shall drink deadly poison, and it will not hurt them. They can even stand on scorpions. Proverbs 18.10 says, The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it and are safe. The name of Jesus. So much more we could say. I'm hoping you go and study these things for yourself. Prepare messages on them. Preach them. Help the people of God to understand so how much... The, how much Heavenly Father has given to us and made available to us. Then we've got, of course, the armor of God. This is, I think, number six, the armor of God, the Ephesians 6, 10 to 15. We need to teach the people and for ourselves, put on the armor of God on a daily basis, especially when you're under attack. We need the armor of God. Let me just make a few comments, just very briefly. The belt of truth buckled around us, around our waist. Trust the truth of the Word of God and what He has said. That's what it partly means to put on the belt of truth, buckle it around us. Live your life free of all dishonesty or unconfessed sin. Don't give in to strong temptations or doubts that come your way. Put on the belt of truth, the promises of God, the Word of God, the breastplate of righteousness, put it in place. The breastplate covers all of the vital organs, or at least most of them. Spiritually, that would include your, include your loves, your desires, your goals, your ambitions, your feelings, all those, thing, those sort of things. And remember that Christ is righteousness, the breastplate of righteousness. So first of all, Jesus Christ is your righteousness. So hold that breastplate of righteousness. Yes, I'm righteous in Christ. But it's also, I believe, with all my heart, really, that... It talks about a righteous lifestyle too. We need to let Christ make us righteous. Fix your eyes on him. He is your righteousness. And then it goes on and talks about your feet fitted with the good news of peace. Let God be your guide as to where you go to help you to stand firm. Because feet, where, where, we, where we walk, where we go, also to stand firm. Those sandals, were they had those spikes in them so you could stand firm. And while you live out uh, the, the God's call in your life, 
being a testimony for him in both lifestyle and with what you speak, your lips, what you say, stand firm and let him direct you and only go where he wants you to go. And then it talks about taking up the shield of faith. And it actually says, above all, as important as those other things are, he's saying above all, so there seems to be a special emphasis here, above all, take the shield of faith. Faith is of vital importance. It's relying on God, his power, his willingness, his availability, his goodness, his grace, his plans for you. Take up the shield of faith. This will protect you from the fiery darts, as the King James says, or extinguish all the flaming arrows, the New International says. Every spiritual attack that wants to cause you to, to doubt or set you back or to sin, use the shield of faith, what, believing what God said, and then take on the helmet of, put on the helmet of salvation, and that protects your minds, your thought life, and that's where almost all sin begins, in the, in the thought life, in the mind. Colossians 3.2 tells us, set your mind on things above, not on earthly things, the eternal, the worthy things. Put on the helmet of salvation, salvation thoughts. And that starts with the Savior, fixing your eyes on him, thinking about him, what he's done, who he is, how powerful he is, how available he is, how strong he is, how loving he is, how committed to you he is. Eternal, worthy thoughts. Uh, past, present and future, thought, all that Jesus is for us. And then take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. This is a weapon we use to fight with. It's not an offensive weapon as much as a, a, a defensive weapon as much as an offensive weapon. And we must read and study and memorize and meditate upon the Word of God to get to truly know it in the Word of God in your hearts. But we must also speak it, confess it, proclaim it, share it with others. Jesus did in Luke chapter 4. He used the word of God when under attack. Use it to overcome temptations, trials, attacks, discouragement, doubts, despair, weaknesses. Part of putting on the ongoing, uh, it on is, is ongoing prayer in the spirit for yourself and for others, as you see in Ephesians 6, 18, and pray for others and for yourself. And then he says in the 18th verse, and keep alert. So put on the sword, take the sword of the Spirit. And then quickly moving on, this th that was the armor of God. And I'm looking at time and I just want to quickly try and finish this now. The angels of God, that God has committed as uh, assigned to watch over us. God has put angels around us to protect us. Psalm 34, verses 7 through to 9. I'm just going to pick a little part of that out. It says, The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him, and he delivers them. Psalm 91, verses 1 through to 11. We read that. Luke chapter 4, verse 10. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 14 says this, Are not all angels ministering spirits sent to serve those who will inherit salvation? So these angels are at work, unseen, behind the scenes, uh, as it were, uh, to protect us from all evil, working to prevent evil plans that the devil wants to, to release against you. Read Daniel chapter 6, verse 22. Daniel chapter 10, verses 7 through to 21. 2 Kings 6, 15 to 18. You know, even when Daniel first began to pray under such attack, 
the, the angel of the Lord comes to him and says to him, from the moment you started praying, I, I came, I was heading towards you, but I've been fighting these demonic powers. So these angels are there for us. When, the, when they looked in and saw Daniel in the lion's den uh, and, and, and uh, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, when they were in that fiery furnace, there, there was a fourth one there and there was a second one. There was a, the Son of Man, angels working for us then quickly moving on a righteous lifestyle in number seven number six i think it is sixth point of of god's provision for protection a righteous lifestyle i'd love to have read th psalm 34 verses 11 through to 17 but you'll see there that a righteous lifestyle protects us Proverb, proverbs 18 10 says this the name of the lord is a strong tower the righteous run to it and are safe we need to live a righteous lifestyle um, I, I know I've mentioned Psalm 34, 11 to 17, but and also have a look at Psalm 34, verse 19. You see, what I'm trying to say here is that unconfessed or unrepented of sin weakens our resistance against temptation. I know that this is an Old Testament thing, and in Christ it, it's not totally uh, real for us anymore, but there is, I just want to remind you, Isaiah 59, 2 said that, your sins have made it, have separated you from your God. <clears throat> so unconfessed sin <clears throat> and unrepented of sin weaknesses us, weakens us, our resistance when we are under temptation. Then seventh point quickly is submission and resistant faith. Remember Jesus said this, submit to God, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Submit to God. Submission is protection. If you're not submitted, there's a sense in which you are rebellious. And rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. It opens you to demonic attacks, unnecessary demonic attacks. Make sure you're absolutely um, submitted to Christ and then resist the devil. Stand against him. Satan, I'm not going to listen to you. Satan, I'm going to hold these promises to you. And we come to this next point. Uh, it's, it's called the blood of Jesus, the cross. Colossians 2.15 says, And having disarmed the powers and and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. The cross not only defeated Satan and his demons, it took away his power to defeat us. It was through his shed blood and resurrection life that we have life today, but also protection. Hebrews 2.14 says this, Since therefore the children share flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared this, the same things, so that, he, that death, through death he might def defeat or destroy the one who has the power of death, that is the devil. Revelation twelve eighteen says they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. Confess his, that I believe my testimony is Jesus Christ is powerful, more powerful than this temptation, more powerful than your attack, Satan. Speak the authority and the protection. We can use the name of Jesus and the blood of Jesus as weapons. When you're under attack, Satan, the blood of Jesus Christ, I hold it up before you. It, over, it overcame you. It defeated you. It destroyed your power. It made you look stupid, a public spectacle, and disarmed you. Exodus 13, 12, 13 says, Jesus, God said in the Old Testament, talking over the Passover lamb, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And 1 Corinthians 5, 17 tells, uh, 7 tells us, 
Christ our Passover has been sacrificed. So recognize and reckon upon the blood. So in times of testing, to close this off, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Read again Isaiah 41 verses 10 and 12. John 10, 25. No man can pluck us out of his hand. 28. No man can pluck us out of his hand. 1 Peter 1, 5. We are kept by the power or shielded by the power of God. 1 Timothy, uh, 2 Timothy 1, 12 says, He is faithful and just to keep us and to protect or protect us what, what I've committed unto him. So I just want to say this. Praise him for his protection. Pray his promises back to him. Proclaim them. Use his armor. Keep humble. God resists the proud. Keep humble. Resist the devil. Stay strong. Stand strong in his freedom, his victory, and keep your heart and mind fixed on Jesus all day and the eternal. God bless you. Give it all you've got. Amen.